this is Nancy Urell, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I have a wonderful gentleman here today. Michael Amster, MD, is here today. And Michael, welcome to High Road to Humanity. Thank you so much, Nancy. It's really a, an honor and a privilege to get to meet you and to um, spend some time with your community of listeners. I'm just thrilled to have cool. some awesome conversations today. Awesome. I'm glad you're here. You guys sit back and relax for a minute. I'm going to tell you what we're going to be talking about. So in May of 2020, at the height of the pandemic, two trial groups embarked on a study through UC Berkeley to test a new method for microdosing mindfulness. One group was comprised of frontline healthcare workers, and the other consisted of patients at a local medical center, as well as any of their friends and families who wished to participate. Now, almost immediately, both groups reported significant improvement in symptoms of stress, anxiety, depression, and chronic pain results that bore out over the course of the study and beyond. Now, Jake Eagle, who's one of the authors of the book, and Michael Amster knew that they were onto something, and thus we have the power of awe. And um, let me just really quick read your bio here, Michael. You're a physician, uh, faculty member at the Toro School of Medicine, uh, with 20 years of experience as a pain management specialist. He's currently the founding director of the pain management department at Santa Cruz Community Health. And he's been a student of meditation for over 30 years, as well as certified yoga teacher and meditation teacher. I can't wait to talk to you. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> uh, he splits his time between clinical work, research on awe, teaching mindfulness and leading awe-inspiring retreats around the world. So here's the big question. How did you decide that AWE, and I'll let you tell the audience what it stands for, was the way to roll? <laughs> well, it's a long story how we got there, but I'll, I'll share the, the one word version. It's actually pancakes. Okay. That's how it all came about. Was, okay. uh, um, I'll, so a little bit about my background, as you shared, um, I'm a medical doctor and um, I started getting into mindfulness and meditation actually through my own um, experience of going through some emotional suffering, I yeah. wanted to be a doctor since I was a little boy and started to develop anxiety and test taking like panic attacks when I was in college because I knew the stakes got higher and higher the farther I went in my education to get into medical mm -hmm. school. Yeah. Um, and I kind of was at a crossroads. Either I had to get on medication to, to manage my anxious mind and the worries and fears I had about failing and not fulfilling my life dreams or um, a friend recommended I go on a meditation retreat. And so it really was a, it brought me into a whole new realm of studying um, particularly, you know, Buddhist meditation was my gateway. Um, but um, I've, I've studied different types of mindfulness practices like yoga and Qigong and mm -hmm. um, over time became a, a meditation teacher and led a, a sangha, which is a, a meditation community in my, my community, and uh, taught this to hundreds of patients. Well, about four years ago, I had a conversation with my friend and colleague, Jake Eagle, who's a psychologist out in um, on the big island of Hawaii, and he leads a mindfulness spiritual community called liveconscious.com. Okay. And uh, we were both sharing about how hard it is for most people to develop a sustained 
mindfulness practice. It's just not an easy thing to do in our very busy, connected world today for people to be able to find the time, let alone the, the mental concentration and the effort to make that really a successful practice. Yeah. And so we start talking about this idea of micro dosing mindfulness. Like what if we came up with this ideal practice of little doses of mindfulness? Like what would that be? You know, how could you get yourself to that transcendent state that the Buddha talks about that experience of Nirvana, of deep, you know, peace and, uh, a quiet mind and pure presence and and wonder and and connectedness to all things like that non-dual experience of feeling oneness right. with god or the universe right exactly i call it plug yeah. in i tell the audience just to plug in up there yeah plug in exactly yeah. right yeah um and so i went to hawaii where jake lives and we were as, as people who've ever been to Hawaii, it's it's a place filled with a lot of extraordinary awe, right? The colors, the oceans, the food. It's just a lot of beauty everywhere. But it was actually in this moment of making pancakes one morning for uh, Jake and and Hannah, where I was, I had poured the batter and watched the pancakes. I just stood there watching the pancakes go from a liquid to a solid. And it was really this profound moment of awe in the ordinary and actually had what I we call an orgasm. You know, when you have these really profound moments of awe and your whole body, you know, you have these tingles and chills and you feel like so alive and effervescent. Yeah. Um, so I actually had that from the simple act of making a pancake. And we're like, wow, well, this is this is really what this this practice is about, these microdosing mindfulness practices about experiencing a moment of awe in these ordinary moments of our lives, like mm -hmm. the simple moments of, of, you know, just when we go for a walk, um, at, you know, in our neighborhood and it's like nothing extraordinary about it, but you, you stand there and pause and look at a tree or the bark, or you look up at the sky and you're in awe of the formation of clouds, or you feel the breeze on your face. Right. Just well, simple moments can be. Well, yeah, Michael. And I was going to say, you know, isn't this just amount about people slowing down? And, you know, right. they always say, you know, smell, take the time to smell the roses, take the time to smell the coffee. You've heard this so many times, but do people do it? No. So it's a matter of intention. It's a matter of doing it. It's a matter of being mindful enough to do it. You know what I'm saying? What do you think? Yeah, you're totally right on. There is, it, it begins with intention, right? Yeah. You have to have an intention to bring yourself into a pure state of present moment awareness. And what I love about this practice though, it's, 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 um, we use the word awe, A-W-E, um, is an acronym. Okay. It's this three-step process that we give people these tools. We, we think of them as training wheels. We're teaching people, you know, a methodology that we know works from our science that brings people an experience of awe in the ordinary moments of their lives. So you don't have to go, you're in Arizona, so you don't have to go up to Flagstaff and then drive another hour out to the, to the rim, you know, right. to have a moment of awe. Like awe is in our homes it's in the places we work it's in the airport when we're in line at the tsa checkpoint like awe is everywhere but we've sort of lost this ability to see the miraculous and the wonder of everything around us which is really our birthright and so this is just a simple technique to help you okay. when you and you bring your intention to that to get back to that moment of awe all right so tell us what we do tell the audience and we're i'm ready okay well um 
I, I just want to give a little disclaimer, you know, as a doctor here, that <laughs> I know a lot of people when they are listening to podcasts, um, I, I, am one of them. I'm usually driving in the car. So, right. um, I don't want you to have an orgasmic moment, you know, from this and, and okay. so I'm going to kind of, you know, make this a more mellow awe experience, but definitely refer people to our website, um, to the power of awe.com where we have some extended practices. We have um, some recordings and videos that can kind of help facilitate that more deeper sense of awe. But here we go. So the three steps, it's A stands for attention. And so what we want to do is bring our attention to something that we value, we appreciate, or find amazing. So I'm looking at the screen here. We are on Zoom, which in itself is quite awe-inspiring, this technology. Um, to be in awe of, but I see this beautiful picture um, up on your uh, in your office at your home. I'm guessing, and it's like this 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 road through a wooded. Yeah, um, I took that. Path. Yeah, yeah, it's so gorgeous, and I'm just in awe of the beauty of that and the peacefulness of that. So I'm bringing my full attention to that, and then the W stands for wait, and we're just taking a pause. We're gifting ourselves, like you just talked about that, like slowing down the smell of the roses. We're pausing, we're slowing down for just a moment, the cycle of a few breaths to just really fully be. We're not thinking about what we have to do tonight and cooking dinner for the kids or whatever, the family or chores. We're just, we're not worrying about the past. We're just fully in the present moment of that thing of awe. And then the E stands for a nice long exhale out as well as one other thing I'll, I'll get to in a second. But when you take the nice long exhale, and even when you make that sound off, yeah. <sighs> that's a long, longer exhale out. Yeah. Well, you stimulate your vagus nerve and we'll probably talk about the vagus nerve in a little bit. It's that master computer of our autonomic nervous system that brings us to that rest and repair state. It's attached to the bottom of your diaphragm. So when you take a long exhale out, you're extending your diaphragm, stimulate your vagus nerve. You can immediately feel with a long exhale out, you get to a place of deeper presence and relaxation. And then the E also stands for expansion. You want to let this moment really fill you up. Whether you use imagery in your mind's eye, you close your eyes and you see like a light or an energy fill you up, or you just let that experience get bigger. Like I almost can see myself in that picture and filling yeah. me up of that beauty of the, the the nature of that peaceful country road. Um, yeah, and then that's that's really about the moment of awe there. That, well, that brief fifteen second practice. I want to say something about the awe part, and I gosh, why can't I think of his name? I've had this uh, yoga teacher on my show for so uh, gosh so many times, but it's been a few years, and he always said he always said Nancy, just go uh and just relax you know and he's like that makes you he said exactly what you're saying right now that makes you relax don't just go go ah or ah or you know just really voice it because that has something to do you said with your diaphragm right yeah well you're stimulating your your vagus nerve which yeah um you know just talking about the the physiology the design of the human body to me is a, a moment of awe like it's so awe-inspiring but basically right. we have our nervous system is composed of sort of two aspects um one is the conscious part where we're like consciously move our hands and we're like thinking and forming thoughts mm -hmm. the other part just happens unconsciously and this is our autonomic nervous system it's what allows us to breathe at night while we're sleeping. We don't have to think about breathing. We never have to think about rest, controlling our heart rate and all this 
internal physiology that runs 24 seven our whole lives without ever a single thought. So the autonomic nervous system has two sides to it. One side that is what's called the sympathetic, which is that fight, flight, freeze response if we're under a threat. Right. You know, you hear gunshots go off, your heart rate goes up and you're ready to run. Right. Um, versus the parasympathetic state, which is that rest and repair healing state of relaxation and, and deep, deep healing can occur where all the physiological processes slow down. And so we take that deep breath in, you can just immediately feel it. You're stimulating the master computer of that rest and repair state called the parasympathetic state. Um, and it's the vagus nerve. It's actually really one of the biggest nerves of the entire human body. It runs from up in the neck all the way down to the base of the spine and through the diaphragm. It's mm. really incredible nerve. Well, and I know in the morning I meditate every morning and I don't meditate a long time. I love how you talk about this because I'm one of these people that I don't have a ton of time in the morning, but it's really important. And I've taught the audience this to connect to the divine, to that higher energy, to the source energy. You know what I mean? And so when I said to you plug in, I was very serious because that's what I do because I don't have a ton. So I'll like, okay, I'm plugged in. I bring the energy down. I, I connect to mother earth and it doesn't take but a few seconds to do it. You know what I mean? And I think we're kind of on the same page, but you're also telling people what I'm getting from this and what I've got from your book, to be honest with you, is it's time for people to just slow down because what's happened is we've made ourselves so stressed out with stress, with anxiety. You talk about chronic back pain, neck pain, headaches, all this kind of stuff. We do just need to chill, huh? Yeah, we need to chill out more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, burnout is on an you know a huge trajectory going up. Um, I'm in healthcare, so um, I've been teaching this methodology to doctors and nurses that are dealing with burnout, and it's been very helpful for them. But yes, oh. we're all we're all super stressed out. The pandemic, in a way, was um, kind of accelerated. I think a lot of things, and it definitely accelerated people's you know burnout. Um, levels of anxiety and stress are just off the charts but it's and, also uh, don't you think that, that um the the covid and you know all that when people had to stay home i i've interviewed a lot of people through that time period and what i have found out of course you're dealing with a different industry than what i'm dealing with i'm dealing with more spiritual people but a lot of the stories that were told were that people actually were forced to go within and take those few minutes you know what I mean? That you're talking mm -hmm. about. It's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I guess there's different populations and how people responded to the, yeah. um, the need to shelter in place and, and kind of slowing things down and things sort of shutting down for a while. But yeah, um, I do personally recall like really enjoying some of the quietness that happened when um, the world did did shut down for a period of time and, and in many ways a good way the air was cleaner than I had ever seen it um, you know animals came out of we actually share the story in our book about about the awe of the pandemic in many ways you know um, like they said jackals showed up in the streets of Tel Aviv that hadn't been there forever so uh, all over the world animals kind of started to roam back and be in control of, of the natural world um, because humans were sheltering down. So yeah. yeah, there is definitely some people that I think thrived in the environment of, yeah. of what happened and that slowed down. But um, 
Our studies actually that we conducted through UC Berkeley, they all commenced at the height of the pandemic in June of 2020 when um, you know, sheltering place was still a big situation going on as well as all the race riots that were happening here in uh, the United States with George Floyd. It's just, a, for most people, I think it was a very stressful time and very scary time. I think um, it was scary because you're always so afraid of the unknown. I think we just didn't know, you yeah. know? Well, we but, didn't know how long it was going to go yeah. on for and what was going to happen. Yeah. I think people have these fears of the walking dead apocalypse, you know, yeah. like the worst case scenario. And um, it doesn't happen like that. Well, but look, it inspired you to write this. Well, it inspired our research. Yeah. yeah. And the results were really quite astounding and profound. We just published one of them in uh, one of the nature journals uh, called Scientific Reports just a few weeks ago. Oh, nice. June. Yeah. So it's really, it's, it's, what I love about this, um, a lot of things, but one is the is the convergence of science and spirituality. I think, you know, um, as someone who really sits on in both both spheres, it's really so inspiring when um, we we take a spiritual practice and then we can apply it to science and see that it actually is working and helping people. It decreases people's levels of depression and anxiety and stress. Um, and improves chronic pain and other health areas as well. So, um, I mean, intuitively, we know it all works, but it's great to see it when there's objective evidence to show that it works as well. Yeah. So now what do you suggest? Do you tell the audience, that, of course, they're going to need to get your book to check it out, to read all about this. Um, but like, do you suggest like during the day, of course, I do this, but this is because I'm in tune and I've been doing this for a long time. Like, I'll look outside and I'll look at my strawberry hanging plant and go, wow, that's really cool. You know, check out those strawberries on there. But I think a lot of this has to do with maybe being spiritual, maybe being a little bit older, maybe learning to slow down. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> Well, what I love about our research is that we had people in our studies that had struggled with traditional mindfulness practices. They had okay. they couldn't do it because like you said, it, it takes too much time and effort yeah. to like focus and sit for 20 minutes and try meditating. And then there's plus there's this experience that sometimes the quiet mind um, makes those thoughts even louder. And, and it's hard for people to sit that long. And what we love about this practice is that it is a shortcut. We call it, we begin our book, we say that we were almost embarrassed that we stumbled upon a shortcut yeah. to transcendence. Right. Um, and what I love about this is that it, it does take people to that, that higher state of, we talk about consciousness in our book quite a bit. And right. Um, this model of consciousness that my co-author Jake and his wife Hannah came up with many years ago. And when you access a moment of awe, you go to this higher level of consciousness that you talk about, I think, too, when you talk about, you know, tapping in or dropping in mm -hmm. to the state of spacious consciousness, that that's the word we use in our book. But it is that state of more deep, profound presence, that non-dual experience of feeling connected to, to God or the universe, you know, the spirit, whatever terminology you want to use. Um, but it's, it's a practice that anyone can really do it. And we even know people that, that struggle with ADHD that have really rapid minds that go all over the place. They can actually do this. I mean, we can all focus our thoughts for just a matter of a, a cycle of breath. And that's really all it takes for this practice to, to work is to have that just subtle reset moment to moment reset through these micro doses of, of awe and mindfulness. Interesting. You know, it's interesting to talk to you because you're a doctor, but yet you've also done meditation. So I find it very 
interesting, you know, for you to, to have written this and to come up with this. Now, what I think is, and I'll just kind of tell you, I believe that when we connect to the divine creator, God, whatever you want to say, that energy, I'm really into energy. So my deal is, even if you take a few minutes in the morning, which it doesn't take very long and connect to that energy and just run it down through your body. And as a medical doctor, you probably know this, that energy balances you and it actually calms me down and mm -hmm. it gives me the spark that I need to make it through the day. It's like brushing your teeth. I think everybody should get up, brush their teeth and then connect. You know, it's like we plug in our computer. Why don't we plug into that energetic source and bring that energy? But what you're doing, I think is really awesome because you're taking it a step further. You're like, hey, throughout your day, look at all the beauty in the world and take that moment. And when it's doing, it's really, um, it's an energetic thing as well. I will say it's that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I was just thinking about this yesterday. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm a pain management specialist. So I, you know, I, I probably see 15 to 15, 20 patients in a day. And I was in, um, I was thinking a lot about this yesterday um, about often people that are dealing with, with chronic pain, they'll have acute flare ups and, you know, they'll come into my office and a lot of discomfort. And they're almost, they're in that kind of panic, fight, flight, freeze response. And, Mm -hmm. simply having a moment of awe and in my clinic we have beautiful artwork on the walls we also have um, a lot of windows in every exam room so you can look out and see trees and the the mountains off in the distance and oh, yeah and the beautiful you know sky and just some you know birds wildlife things that are coming by and um I was working with patients yesterday that were like dealing with chronic, you know, acute pain flare-ups and saying that, look, let's, let's go to the window and just look out for a moment. And you could see when people just took that moment, like you're talking about tapping into the energy. Mm -hmm. um, of nature. But I think what, yeah, well, nature. Yeah. But what's happening is, is that I think part of this, the dynamic, what's happening in their nervous system um, is that we're less focused on the self right. and we're going externally out so our sense of ego and our sense of um self-absorption diminishes and we know this from other research on awe that when you have moments of awe you feel connected to the everything. vastness of, of everything of life yeah, yeah. God, consciousness whatever you want to you know yeah. we're all talking about the same thing we just have different words for it but yeah. the the sense of self diminishes you feel connected to something greater than the self and in that instant of that transition that happens, you do tap into that energy that you're talking about. It's a, yeah. it's a different field of consciousness. I'm sorry. As you're talking, um, I'm thinking you're getting your patient out of their head. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? That's what I was thinking when you were talking, because this is interesting to me, you know, energy mm -hmm. is like the whole deal. But when you're getting the patient, because all they're thinking about is their pain and the internal. And when you get them to focus on something, you know, beautiful it it changes it changes everything it just does that's really cool yeah and it's 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 so simple which i love about this practice it's that it's instantaneous it's that simple and then there's also something beautiful about sharing your awe with other people or sharing all together i think okay. awe is contagious okay yeah i think that there's um we we know this from things the few kind of neat things from our research one is that um we know that there's a dose effect 
on awe. So the more times throughout the day you dose a moment of awe, the more benefit you get. Okay. Um, so we, in our research, we ask people to at least practice this three times a day, which if the practice takes 15 to 20 seconds to do, it literally in a minute you can do, it takes a minute a day, you have three practices of rounds of this microdose. Right. Um, but the more you do it, the more benefit you get, the more you know peace and calm and, and the kind of transition in your level of consciousness improvement of energy as well. Um, but also what's really neat is how when you share awe with others, like in conversation or we have on our website, for example, it's called the moment of awe page and people can post their awe neat. experiences. And then you can go there as a guest and just look at these moments of awe. It's really, um, it's inspiring to see what other people experience as a moment of awe. Right. And yeah, it's, it's one of these, it's a, it's a practice that's, um, it feeds back and you get rewarded. That's another, that's another really important thing of why this works so well is that quite often in a traditional mindfulness practice, there is not a reward at the end of the practice. You don't necessarily feel rewarded or good after sitting for 20 minutes, you, you know, for 20 minutes sit, you might end up having a spasm of pain in your back or your neck, you, you know, dark thoughts may come up, memories might come up that are painful and, um, you're, you're beating yourself up because you can't focus your mind and you think you're horrible at this. And um, what's nice about this practice is there's always an, I think when you tap into a moment of awe, you feel you have an instantaneous reward. You, feel you know good. what? As you're talking about this, this is how I feel when I tap into God in the morning. It's exactly how I feel, but I don't do the 20 minute meditation like a lot of people do because I'm type A. So I don't mm -hmm. have patience that, like I told you, I think God's teaching me patience. So it's kind of interesting that you're talking about this because when I was reading your book, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I do, but I do it quick. I just like, okay, you know, and to run the, I'll just run the light real quick and ground down to mother earth. So I don't like go woo woo all day. But the reason I keep doing it is because I feel so good. That's why yeah. I keep doing it. It's like what you're talking about. So the, the more, yeah. yeah. It's, I don't know if it's endorphins or it's the energy, or I think it's, I'm going to say it's the energy, but, um, so you've got some cool stories in your book. You know, one of the first stories you talk about, um, there is a lady, uh, gosh, I don't want to botch her name here. Is it Mashari? Mashari? Uh, Mashari. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Diagnosed with an aggressive breast cancer. And she started doing this. Talk about this. Tell the audience how it helped her. Yeah, well, she was one of the participants in, in our awe study that we did um, back in uh, during the pandemic. And so she was sheltering in place. Um, she's actually in Mexico City okay. and shared the story to us at the end of our study, just how powerful the practice helped her, um, you know, going through uh, cancer treatment and the time during the pandemic, sheltering in place, being really alone. And the and she talks about how the awe method helped her feel connected. Um to that vastness that we were talking about. And it kept her out of the rumination and the fear state. And it helped her feel deeper peace, connection, not feeling lonely um, and helped her with her pain and her depression and her anxiety. So it was sort of like a very holistic benefit that she got from, you know, doing this simple practice. And it was, she talks, she shares, you know, just like how transformative it was yeah. um, just like, essentially looking out of her window and seeing the world in a different way from, you know, when you, when you have the lens of awe and wonder and uh, you, the whole world 
starts to look differently to you. It, yeah. You start to see the miracles and the beauty and the abundance of, of, of all this, you know, grandeur that we have been gifted on this planet, you know, being here. You could look at it day. like you were a child, like childlike, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. We talk yeah. about this about childlike wonder. Yeah. Yeah. You see it in young children. They're, they're, they look at everything with curiosity and wonder and amazement. Um, and it's, it's nice that you don't have to, you know, take yourself to a place that is quite awe-inspiring. You don't have to go up to the Grand Canyon. You don't have to go to Yosemite. You don't have to go see an amazing sunset or go to a, a you know, an incredible, you know, rock concert to get an experience of awe. You can really have it right now. Yeah. Um, just looking out your window or being in your office. Uh, yeah. What are some of your favorite, um, uh, like, you know, what do you do? I'm looking at your picture. I like your picture behind you actually, cause I'm a water person and I see the boat and that to me is cool. Cause I, I like the water and I miss the water. Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you what, what, what we tell people to do to kind of start the building a practice is do okay. what's called ha habit stacking. Okay. And what habit stacking is, it's like when you, when you already have a habit you do every day, um, to attach to that a moment of awe. Oh. So when you begin your morning, for example, okay. most people like they, they begin with a drink of some sort, you know, coffee or tea, um, orange juice or something. So you have that be an opportunity of finding awe. So I was just making coffee this morning and I opened a new bag and I just took this like big whiff in and just totally immersed myself in the aroma of these coffee beans. I brought this bag of coffee back from, from uh, Kauai where nice. I was about a month ago and it was, <laughs> you know, it's Hawaii grown coffee and it just had the best aroma. I was like, wow. And I was like, oh, I'm like smelling Hawaii right here. Mm -hmm. And I just had this moment of awe. So it can be like that first step experience of making a drink in the morning, um, tasting it, smelling it, feeling it, the colors of it, whatever can be a source of awe. And then think about other things throughout your day that can be a moment of awe for you. So maybe it's at times of meal times or, um, you know, uh, the computers. I, I, I work on PC, so I don't know about Macs, but when you open a PC, they often show you as you're logging in, it has a pretty picture. Mm -hmm. of some nature shot or some place of a uh, of beautiful place around the world. Mm -hmm. And I just use that as like, oh, okay, here, here's my invitation to have a moment of awe right now. I'm just like in awe of that place somewhere on the planet before yeah. I log in. Yeah. Um, take that pause. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a lot of awe with my, my dog. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I take her to the park a few times a day. I go to the same park, same walk pretty much every day, but I'll tell you when you open your eyes up for awe it, that that walk is it turns into an awe walk and there's just so much beauty and things i've every day i see something new i've never seen before isn't that crazy because you've opened your mind and you've expanded and you're looking at things differently i'm a big cloud watcher so mm. i have an indoor cat who wants to be an outdoor cat and so i take her out i have to go with her because she's white and I'll sit there on the patio in the morning and just check out the sun and the clouds. And, you know, I just love that. I think it's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody's got their thing. If you slow down, I think it's really about slowing down and I can, um, 
I think a lot of people can relate to this. You know, you get in a job where you're just like going, 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 and you're going through the motions and we forget to take care of ourselves and we forget mm -hmm. to take that time. It's really, um, yeah, taking care of us, doing the odds is, is really like time for us, right? It's a time for yourself. It's a time of healing. Yeah, we have a whole chapter of our book that we dedicated to talking about the conditions that create you know, for healing to happen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'll share, I'll share one little awe inspiring, you know, piece about the human body. Um, okay. So, you know, life, you know, of course, depends on your, your, your view of scripture and spiritual things, but scientists mm -hmm. believe that life has been on the planet for a little bit over a billion years. Right. And the first single cellular organisms that came onto this planet, they talk to each other with what are called cytokines. They're like these small protein molecules that, that share basically whether that organism feels safe or unsafe. Mm -hmm. Well, our immune system, it has that same ancient technology of basically safe or unsafe. And so when we're injured or when we have a, a bacterial or viral infection, we actually release these cytokines. Then there's safety cytokines where you feel safe. And then there's cytokines where you're unsafe and it's like danger. Well, the big bad danger cytokine is called interleukin-6. It's it's sort of the, you know, running the whole show here of all the signaling bad things are going on and, and creating inflammation in the body. And pretty much all chronic illness is based upon inflammation in the body, right. diabetes, heart disease, cancers, um, autoimmune diseases like lupus. It's all involves this interleukin-6 and this being elevated. So research was done, not by myself, but by my colleagues at UC Berkeley in 2018, where they had people experience different positive emotions and then drew their blood. And awe is the only positive emotion that lowers this inflammatory cytokine interleukin-6. So you have a moment of awe and you experience, you know, you have this sort of spiritual experience of connection, of timelessness, of peace, and instantaneously, the cells in your body are lowering inflammation and these inflammatory cytokines drop. I mean, that's how awesome is that? It, it's really it, awesome. How many times a day <laughs> should we do this doc? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's free too. I you know. know. All like, is everywhere. I, I don't have to prescribe you a pill I, to, to, to have a dose of, 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 of um, healing of lowering inflammation in your body of helping. And even, depression, anxiety, these are all neuroinflammatory conditions now that we understand. So we're doing this to uh, our, we're actually, we're, I always say it's dis-ease because we're actually really doing this to ourselves. I have a quick question. I don't mean to cut you off there, but uh, before I forget, in the study, how many times did the people experience awe per day? Like what was the norm? So I can get kind of a feel and the audience can get a feel for like, how many times a day would I shoot to do this? You know, four to five times a day, whatever feels comfortable. Like, how did that work? Well, in the study, we asked people to do it three times a day. Okay. And as part of our data collection, we we know that people that dose more frequently had more benefit. Wow. Which is so cool, right? So there is yeah. what's called a dose response. So um there's really, there's, we did see side effects. There's no downside to dosing more. There's just upside potential. So the more you dose throughout your day of on awe, the more benefit you're going to have. Um, 
So, you know, me personally, I mean, I probably, what happens actually, um, and people tell me this as well from developing this practice is that with time, you don't need to even put effort to having a moment of awe. Right, right. You know, it's, it happens spontaneously. You get, you get spot, awe just literally arises up all throughout your day. You're like, oh, wow, there's a moment of awe. You know, here I am. I was at my clinic yesterday and I, I was looking out the window and there's power lines in front of the window. And I saw this, this crow that had parked itself there and the wind was blowing and its feathers were all roughing up. And I was just like, wow, look at this, like totally awe-inspiring moment. I didn't have to think about like saying this is a moment of awe. It just, it just there happened. it is. It's just yeah. experiencing on. I'm like, told my patient, turn around. You got to look at this bird. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) You know, so um, what will happen in time is, is you'll, you'll change literally your wiring of your brain. And -hmm. that's what's what we're our goal. We talk about this in our book, you want to go from a temporary state of experiencing awe to becoming a permanent trait. It's like now becomes who I am. Mm -hmm. So what's great about this is I, you know, people have known me for a lot of years. There's like Michael, who is type A like you <laughs> and, you know, very driven, yeah. um, have a lot of interests. I'm like always on the go. They're like he's the most relaxed, more present, more at ease, more funny, playful than he's ever been. And I'm definitely happier than I've ever been in my life since developing this practice. And I was someone who had a very strict mindfulness practice of many, many years. I would go on 10 day retreats. And, and, and you silence. didn't feel as good as you do now. No, I mean, there was a few times where I tapped into that, they call it the sort of um, like non-dual state where I felt my my ego in many ways sort of dissolve away and I just felt okay. a oneness and my sense of form, my physical form actually felt like it was dissolving and I felt this oneness with everything. I was as though I almost I went in the matrix, so to speak, but <laughs> But that that was just kind of a numbed out feeling. I mean, I don't know if it had a lot of joy to it. I was just sort of like in a bliss state. Well, but this is actually a state of joy. Right. And I'm um, going to, you know, Michael, I think, I'm just going to stop you for a second. I think it has to do with our connection. I'm going to go back to this. Because as long as I've been doing these shows and interviewing people and being more connected and being more spiritual, the more spiritual I become, then I started to take the time to look at nature and to look at things with awe, whereas before I didn't. So I think it's just, and a lot of it has to do with age. I'm going to, to be honest with you, I'm sorry. I hate to age myself here, but when you get older, like I look at my grandkids now completely different than I looked at my kids. You know what I mean? It's just, you get to a certain point, I think in your life, um, where you look at things, but I just want to get that point across that I think that meditation does work as long as you're not overdoing it. You know what I mean? As long as mm. you're just taking it lightly and like connecting and, and it, it makes you be more joyful. It makes you be more balanced and it makes you start looking at some of these things. I don't know. That's what I think. That's Nancy's opinion on this one, but, and it's very similar to what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I'm thinking a lot about what you're sharing and about my own life experience, but I would agree with you that there is uh, wisdom that comes with the beauty of, of life experience and aging and gracefully and and, mm-hmm. and and having experienced a lot of things in life and knowing kind of yourself better and what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. Um, 
but um, I think sometimes what happens with people when they age is actually the the an opposite of what you're talking about is they can get more fixed in their identity. They yeah. can get they can not be as open-minded and flexible. And one of the neat things about awe, and this is from research that's been done, not mine, but other people's, is around how when you experience awe, you're more curious, you're more open-minded, mm. you're more flexible. Um, they've looked at people, you know, with political views and how um, people that experience moments of awe are just more embracing and encompassing of other people's understandings of the world. Ideas, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and ideas. And I think that's a that's a good thing. I mean, I think mm -hmm. flexibility of, of seeing the world in a very open, flexible way, um, it does create a lot of joy and ease and happiness. It's when we get and this is like sort of Buddhism 101 and, you know, spiritual practice 101 is, but when we attach ourselves to ideology or things, you know, fixed ways of seeing things in the world is when we suffer, when we crave for things to be always the same way, or we push away, you know, things that we don't like, that's, just, that's definitely the root of a lot of human suffering. Um, and awe is an antidote to that. I love it. Yeah, wow. when you live in awe, you're always, you're curious and you're open and you're like, you're just fascinated and you're in wonder. Um, you know, we, we've talked a lot today about um, the personal benefits of awe, but in our book, we share in our epilogue, and maybe I can read, you know, at some point before we wrap up. Oh, go ahead. Um, about the, about sort of a call to action, because it's more than just the personal practice. It's really kind of a, it's a collective global thing. Okay, go So for this it. is from our epilogue. And I'm just going to start somewhere in the middle here. Okay. Um, so awe, the awe method is more than a self-help technique. And the implications of awe go well beyond personal transformation. Awe touches everything. And perhaps most telling is the effect it has on others. We're wired to attune to others' behaviors and moods. Our nervous system senses the emotions of those around us. Just as being the recipient of a warm smile can lighten our mood, when we're in awe, those around us feel it too. Awe is contagious. And when and so practicing the awe method is one not so small way we can contribute to the world. In this book, we've covered how the awe method is grounded in science and that a whole big body of science supports that awe changes lives. So we have a big simple crash ending to the power behind the simple practice of the awe method. If practice enough by enough people, a critical mass as it were, everyone would experience a significant heightened shift in consciousness. Mm -hmm. Awe changes us, and when we share our awe, we change the world. How can we be in awe of someone and physically or emotionally harm them? How can we be in awe of the natural world and destroy it? How can we be in awe of life itself and not live as if every day were a miracle? In awe, the tone of every conversation from personal to political shifts, from having an agenda to being open and curious. Our conversations impact how we raise our kids, how we help our aging parents, how we treat our spouse, how we participate in community, how we mentor or supervise people, how we govern a city and how we lead a nation. We can think of no downside to practicing the awe method because awe is the light. The appreciation of nature in different cultures, the curious and open mind, the generous and giving soul. These days we need awe more than ever. So awe awaits you and surrounds you in the ordinary moments of your life. Like the view of the stars that fill the night sky, awe is free and always available. All you need to do is pay attention to what you value, appreciate, and find amazing. 
wait, and then exhale and expand into the unlimited timelessness of awe. That was very well written. Very well said. You guys, it's called the power of awe. I love it. Yeah, we just need to pay attention to, we live on a beautiful planet. We really do. We really do. We have beautiful trees, beautiful flowers, beautiful weather. We can go to the ocean. We can go to the sea. We are so fortunate. We have so much. And we need to get back to that. And I'm so glad you wrote this. You're bringing people back, right? Thank you. Yeah, it's our birthright, really. Yeah, it we're, is. We're wired. It's it's a part of our survival as a species. Like we're coming back to that. Yeah. It's what's gonna. It's not the only solution to all these big issues we're facing, but it's definitely an important one. Is that um, we're, we we we've been distracted as a species. We're going in the wrong direction, and we need right. to come back to the basics of of being living in awe, being in awe, you know, sharing awe with each other, um, really slowing ourselves down. It's, it's the it's right medicine book, here. This Michael. is medicine we need in our current time is, is yeah. awe and, and time, the gift of slowing down, like you talk about. <laughs> we all can benefit. There's no downside to slowing ourselves down and doing less. I think, I think I'm going right. to run for president and- uh, <laughs> And, uh, Are you? Make it make it make it a four day work week requirement. You know, like what we're working all too hard. We all have so much abundance. Yeah, why are we doing it? Well, if you we don't, don't have an abundance of time, but we have an abundance of stuff. Well, that's another thing. That's a whole other. We don't show. have an abundance of all. <laughs> that's a whole other show, Michael. But I will tell you, people are going into smaller houses because they don't want to deal with it anymore. And I will tell you really quickly as you talk about the stuff. As you get older, and I just moved, you start to realize you don't need all the stuff. And I, that's a whole nother book, but it's true. We just need to be happy with what we have here and, you mm. know, and each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I'm so glad you guys put this together. Uh, how do people get in touch with you? Uh, what's your website? Yeah. Our website is the title of our book, thepowerofawe.com. It's that okay. simple. All right. You know, we're on all different social media and Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and all that stuff, but um, come visit our website, powerbot.com. We have on there a free ebook download. We have some meditations. We have videos. We have some of our extended practices on there. We have the Moment of Awe page. Cool. We have offered online courses at times. So there's opportunities for people to um, to get to meet us live as well as some pre-recorded stuff. Nice. And um, yeah, in the book, thepowerofawe.com. It's a, it's, it's a wonderful uh, deep dive into this work. It's a very simple practice, but I'll tell you, it, it does. It's it just has layers and layers to it that deepen with time. And also feel free to reach out to me and Jake um, at okay. info at thepowerofawe.com. You can send us an email. We love hearing from our readers and listeners and okay. um, ask any questions you have. We're here to support you. Fabulous. Thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Michael Amster, he's the M he's an MD. It's called The Power of Awe, Overcoming Burnout and Anxiety, Ease Chronic Pain, Find Clarity and Purpose in Less Than One Minute Per Day, you guys. Now I'm going to say connect with God and then do The Power of Awe. <laughs> How about that? Will that work? All right. Amen, just... amen to that, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> all right i love it that's fantastic thanks michael i appreciate that all right guys we're getting out of here for today thanks for coming on the show everybody take care have a terrific week check out my website nancyyearout.com we got lots of cool stuff going on right now i'm redoing the website so you can check that out everybody have a great week take care and god bless